Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we are going to tackle and look at some of the names of God, especially in the Old Testament. And we're going to learn from these names of God more about the character of God. The names of God, why do we study the names of God? Because they show us his character. They show us some things about him that we wouldn't necessarily learn otherwise, other than we see them in the situations and circumstances, but they're emphasized in the names that, um, that are talked about in those circumstances. And so first up, the first name of God that we come to in the Bible is in the very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. The word there translated God in the English is the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim is also a very popular word in the Bible. In fact, um, it's also shortened at times to be just El. So if you see a name in the Bible that begins with L, E-L, not just the letter L, but E-L, like Elijah, um, that has to do with God. And so it's going back to Elohim. And the name Elohim is a name which denotes primarily majesty, authority, and deity. And so it's clearly talking about God, and it denotes his majesty, his authority, and his, his deity, or his godness. Um, the, next, um, the next name that we're going to take a look at this morning is in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18, in verse 27. And Abraham replied, now behold, I have but vent I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Now when he says the Lord there, and this is in your translations, in your English translations, this is capital L, little O-R-D. So capital L, little O-R-D. This is the Hebrew word Adonai. This is one of the most prevalent words for God in the Bible. It's translated Lord most of the time, and uh, it also is translated once as God. This name could be translated Master, and it implies uh, God's ownership and control over his creation and over people in general, and his people specifically. And so we've got Elohim, which talks about his authority and his majesty and his deity. We've got Adonai, which um, talks about his ownership over us or rulership over us, control over us as our master, as our Lord. And then the, the next... Um, the next name that we're going to take a look at is, uh, well, let's go to Genesis 2-4. And in Genesis 2-4, we see this name. Verse 4, we actually see this name in conjunction with another name. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God 
made earth and heaven. Now you see here, you say, see this name, which is translated Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. In your English translations, when you see the difference between all caps in Lord and just the L being capitalized, it's significant because there are different Hebrew words behind it. And the main significance is this is the holy name of God. Uh, sometimes it's used as Lord. Sometimes it's translated Jehovah. Um, you've also probably heard the name Yahweh, and that is this name. Sometimes it's translated God, all caps again. It's always all caps when it refers to this name. This name, we actually, if you go back to the Hebrew word, it's impronounceable. This word cannot be pronounced um, because it has no vowels. It only has four letters, and they are all consonants. And it is either, depending on how you look at it, it is either J-H-V-H or um, Y-H-W-H. So that's where they get Yahweh. That's where they get Jehovah. Um, but there's actually, those are probably not correct, correct pronunciations because we have thrown in vowels to try and pronounce it. It's actually the impronounceable sacred name of God. It was considered so holy by the Jews, they would not even attempt to pronounce it. So we have attempted to pronounce it since, but they would not even attempt to pronounce the name of God. It denotes his self-existence. And the word is related to the word to be, or to be in existence. This is the same word that in the New Testament, when the, the horde per, uh, approached Jesus with swords and torches in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they were going to capture him. And he said, who is it that you seek? They seek Jesus. And he said, I am. He actually pronounced this name. That's why when he said, I am, they all fell back onto their, their keisters and, and, and fell over. Because he actually pronounced the sacred name of God. And so they all fell over because of the power in that name. And so it also denotes his self-existence, that he is in and of himself. There's nothing that he is reliant upon to be existing like we are. We're reliant on, on all sorts of things. We're reliant on air. We're reliant on food and water and sunlight and heat and we're reliant on all sorts of things as humans to exist. We're reliant on God for our very next heartbeat. He is not reliant on anything. He is self-reliant. And so this denotes his self-reliance. And as I said, we see this compound a little bit in verse 4 here. That's the word Lord. The word God is actually Elohim. And so we see in the day that the Lord... Jehovah or Yahweh, God, Elohim, made earth and heaven. And so they're connecting the two here in Genesis chapter 2. 
Um, this is the same name that God says to Moses out of the burning bush that he is, and we're going to take a look at that a little bit later because there's other names that are that are in that same circumstance. The, now we're going to take a look at some of the compound names of God. And you may have heard some of these before. The first compound name that we're going to take a look at of God is El Elyon. Now remember, El is just a shortened version of Elohim. So it's kind of like Elohim Elyon, but it's in the scriptures as El Elyon. And so that is found in Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14, starting in verse 18, I'm going to be reading. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tenth of all. Now, that is, Abraham gave to Melchizedek a tenth of all. And when he talks about here, God Most High, that's El Elyon. God Most High, the Most High God, the God above any other God that you could ever think of. Even if they were truly a God, this is the God Most High. This is the highest God. The next one we've got is in Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6. And for those of you who are a little older, like I am, you remember a song by Amy Grant, um, originally by Amy Grant, and since then been, has been sung by a lot of people, called El Shaddai. And that is found in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 3, El Shaddai. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is God talking to Moses, and he's saying, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, or El Shaddai, God Almighty. Sometimes it's translated the Almighty God. Again, same thing, El Shaddai. That he is the mightiest. He is the strongest. He is the most powerful. He is God Almighty. In fact, in this verse, he also gives him the uh, Jehovah or Yahweh or um, the four-letter unpronounceable name of God. He says, I, uh, um, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, El Shaddai, but by my name, Lord all caps. This is the unpronounceable name. God actually pronounced it again in front of Moses. I did not make myself known to them. And he had just said in verse 2, he spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, all caps. So again, his self-existent sacred name. And he said, I didn't, I didn't tell Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that name, but I'm telling you, this is special. This is a special event. And so 
we see El Shaddai, God Almighty, and again, we see Jehovah. Um, and then these, uh, the, the next one is also, and, and remember, El Shaddai is from Elohim and Shaddai add on, added on. This next one is El Sabaoth, which again is from Elohim, and then Sabaoth uh, added on to it. And this is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you remember, is the story of David and Goliath. And Goliath had been um, uh, coming out and, and cursing God in front of the whole nation. And as David is approaching Goliath now, he's, he's walking out, he's approaching Goliath, and Goliath um, invokes the name of his God in this situation. And... Um, and in this situation, he's, he's saying by his God that he is going to uh, feed Daniel to the birds and etc. And, uh, and Daniel replies this in verse 45, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted, the Lord of hosts. That is um, El Sabaoth, the God of hosts, the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of all of the creatures in that you can't see, the angels, the hosts, the heavenly hosts. He is the Lord of all, or God of all the heavenly hosts. And that is El Sabaoth. The next one we have, um, again, if you're a little older like me, there was a song, again, it seems to be a lot of songs centered around these. But this was a song, a, a Jewish song, Jewish type song, uh, called Jehovah Jireh. And that is the next um, name that we're going to take a look at. And you say, well, what order did you put these in? It's generally in an alphabetical order that I put them in. Um, there are some out of the alphabetical order, just a tad. I'm not sure why I had those out of that order, but this is, uh, this is Jehovah Jireh, Genesis chapter 22, verses 13 and 14. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Remember, Abraham was asked to offer Isaac just to see uh, if he was willing to give up the promised son in order for God. And uh, he passed that test with flying colors. And as they're up on the mountain... God stops Abraham, and as soon as Abraham turns around, he sees a ram in the thicket, gets the ram, puts it in place of Isaac, <coughs> excuse me, and offers the ram in place of Isaac. And in the very next verse, Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this, to this day in the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. So we see from these things that God is most high, 
He is almighty. He's the God of all the hosts that we cannot see. And he is the provider. He is where we get our provision. He's where we get the warmth from the sun. He's where we get the light from the moon. He is where we get our crops and the rain and the dew and everything that we need, we get from him. He is our provider. Exodus chapter 15 is where we're going to find the next one that we're going to take a look at. Exodus chapter 15. And this one is Jehovah Raphi. Jehovah Raphi. And uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. This is after the children of Israel had come out of Egypt and they went for water and the water was bitter and it was turned sweet again or, or so it wasn't bitter anymore and they could drink the water. In verse 26, uh, and he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, this is God speaking, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. And this is Jehovah Raphi, the Lord your healer healer. He says, I will, I will keep you from these diseases. I will heal you um, from anything of this nature that is that I put on the Egyptians. That is not going to happen to you because I am your healer. God is the great physician. He is the healer. The next one that we have is in uh, Exodus chapter 17. This is Jehovah Nissi. Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 8 and on down, is the fight that the Israelites have with Amalek. And if you remember properly, Moses was up on the mountain, and whenever he would hold his hands up, they would win. And whenever his hands fell down, they would lose. And so um, then her and... Um, Aaron came up and held his hands up so that they would continue to win. And at the end of this passage, starting in verse 8 down through verse 15, Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is My Banner. Um, throughout history, when armies would go to fight, they would have a flag in front of them or a banner in front of them to keep them together to show this is our side this is what we are standing for this and it would be a country or uh, the coat of arms of their of their leader and this is saying god is my banner he is whom i fight for he is the one that provides the the battle the battle belongs to the lord is the significance here the lord is my banner the next one is in Judges chapter 6. In Judges chapter 6. And this is Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. And if you uh, have heard before, the word Shalom means peace. So this is going to be kind of easy to figure out what this one is, isn't it? Verse 24 of Judges chapter 6. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, 
It is still in Ophrah of the Abizrites. This happened before the battle. This happened before Gideon tore down the altar of Baal when he realized that standing before God, he did not die, but that God had brought peace to him. He built an altar and named it the Lord our peace. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. He's come for peace. He's not come for battle. Uh, the next one is in Jeremiah chapter 23. The book of Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. And in verse 6. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. This is a tougher one to, to pronounce. This one's Jehovah Tzidkinu. Jehovah Tzidkinu. And this is the Lord our righteousness. That our righteousness, if you remember, is as filthy rags to God. The best thing we do is still bad. But God has given us our righteousness, his righteousness to be ours. It's like the breastplate of righteousness that's talked about in, um, I believe, Isaiah, as well as in Ephesians chapter 6. The breastplate of righteousness is God's righteousness applied to us. And so he is the Lord, our righteousness. And then there's a final one we're going to take a look at today. And that is in Ezekiel chapter 48, the very last chapter of Ezekiel. In fact, this is in the very last verse of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 48, verse 35, he's talking about the, um, the measurements and the, and the description of the, the millennial uh, or in the, the, the uh, city, the city that God is dwelling in for eternity. And he says here, the city shall be 18,000 cubits round about, and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. Jehovah Shama. The Lord is there. He's present with us. He is here. Uh, this is also reference back to when, when uh, Jesus came and they said, God is with us. That's Jehovah Shama. And so... Uh, that's the last one we're going to take a look at today. Thank you for being with us, and uh, we'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays. Mm -hmm.